How does your body react to God's presence? That might seem like an odd question, but I think our visceral reaction to God is a foundational aspect of the spiritual life that is often ignored. After sinning, Adam and Eve hid from God in fear, yet God tells us throughout the scripture again and again, do not be afraid. So I'll ask again, how does your body react to God's presence? Welcome to Physically Spiritual. I've been amazed by how much growing physically healthier has changed my spiritual life. I am captivated with discovering the truth about my body and how it relates to my relationship with God. Physically Spiritual is my attempt to harmonize and share what I've discovered. I'm your host, Andrew Reinhardt. Welcome back to Physically Spiritual. This episode is going to be all about God's presence. But before we get started, a little bit of housekeeping. I want to remind you about our show notes. I make every uh, possible effort to make our show notes the best show notes in the Catholic world. So anything I quote in the episode, anything I refer to, uh, anything that there's some kind of a research behind, I try to link in the show notes. If you want to support everything we're doing here at Awaken Catholic, consider joining the Awaken Nation. Go to awakencatholic.org forward slash join to become a member of the nation. At Awaken Catholic, we're also partners with the Hollow app. Hollow is a Catholic meditation app designed to help you find peace and grow in your spiritual journey. To try Hollow, go to hollow.app forward slash awaken. And finally, if you want to go deeper in any of these uh, topics we discuss or want some support applying them to your life, find my blog and coaching practice at becominggift.com. I want to start today with a quote from the Catechism. Catechism paragraph 397 says, Man, tempted by the devil, let his trust in his creator die in his heart, and abusing his freedom, disobeyed God's command. This is what man's first sin consisted of. All subsequent sin would be disobedience toward God and lack of trust in his goodness. Part of all sin is a lack of trust in the goodness of God. Right? One, one way to think of what does it mean to trust God is to have faith, right? to believe in God but also believe in God's goodness. Uh, and and to, to lack trust in God is fear, right? to, be, to be afraid of our, our Lord or who you think the Lord is. So the fundamental question that brings up is, how can I bring about trust in God's goodness? How can I build trust in the Lord? Like I said, throughout the scripture, there's almost isn't a time when an angel or God appears to someone and they don't say, do not be afraid. Again and again and again in the scripture, God says, do not be afraid. And throughout the scripture, you might just read it as God creatively again and again, trying to demonstrate his love to his people. Right? Whether it be uh, caring for them in the desert or um, sending the prophets, uh, building a great nation from his people, uh, sending his son to die for us. In a nutshell, the crucifix says to us, you can trust me. Right? I will die for you. I, I love you. That's what the crucifix says. So the whole scripture could be summed up simply God saying, 
I love you. You can trust me. Do not be afraid. Um, but how do we experience this in our body? The scripture says that the, the truth will set us free. But I want to propose to you that in our brokenness, sometimes the, the truth we understand with our mind and the truth that we experience with our bodies can be in contradiction. Meaning there, there are things that I know intellectually, I know as concepts, but then in the moment of experience, my body doesn't agree with that knowledge. Maybe you can think of an experience from your own life like this, uh, that there's something that, that you, you understand is the case, um, and yet your body seems to like rebel against your understanding, against your thoughts on the topic. Um, so in this way, we need to find the truth, but we need to find our truth with our body and our soul. So the question that I opened the podcast with, what's your visceral reaction to God's presence? What does your body do in God's presence? How can we become aware of that? And then how can we do something about that? Right? We, we see from the very beginning, Adam and Eve had this deep, intimate relationship with God. It said that, that God came and walked with them. Right? They, they knew the Lord, and they knew the Lord loved them. And yet they were tempted by the enemy to not trust the Lord, right? The enemy says, God doesn't want you to be like him. And yet God had just created them in his image and likeness. So that was the whole point, <laughs> that he wanted them to be like him. Right? The, the enemy casts doubt on God's love. And, and in the midst of that doubt, Adam and Eve grasp at it for themselves. Right? The serpent says that God doesn't want you to be like him. He knows if you eat this fruit, you'll be more like him. Um, and then as a result then they become aware of their nakedness. And when God comes to find them, he asks, Adam, where are you? Adam, where are you? And Adam responds, uh, I hid uh, because I was afraid. I hid because I was afraid. The quote from Genesis 3.10 is, I heard you in the garden, but I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. Let's dwell on that. I heard you in the garden. Right? Adam realized God was present. And then Adam's reaction to God's presence was fear. He was afraid. And so he hid from the Lord. And I love God's question. Adam, where are you? God's omniscient. He, he knows everything. So, so God wasn't sitting there wondering, like, hmm, where's Adam? I, I wonder. No, God wasn't playing hide-and-seek. God was inviting Adam to become aware of himself. Uh, realize where he was now. Not like what bush he was hiding behind, but what had happened in his heart and in his mind. What had shifted in his human nature. Uh, that was such a drastic contrast from before they sinned. So I, I believe that Beginning uh, to be aware of how we react to God's presence begins with that question. Where are you? What are you experiencing? Not just what are you thinking, but what are you feeling? Uh, what are you feeling in your body? Where are you feeling it in your body? What are you feeling in your body? I, I want to uh, point you back to episode 12. Episode 12 titled, The Tiger in Your Inbox. This was all about polyvagal theory. So just a, a quick refresher. The vagus nerve basically runs from 
your brain stem down to your uh, down to your guts and sort of spreads out all over the body. The word uh, vagus comes from wandering. So this ver- this nerve basically wanders all through your body. And, and this nerve is responsible uh, for part of your autonomic nervous system. This controls the, all the automatic functions of the body, your heart rate, your digestion, um, your breathing, and so on. So, so the responsibility of this nerve is to, to prime your body uh, to slow down. The vagus nerve is like the break in your body. And on, on the other hand, you have the, paras- or the sympathetic nervous system is the other half of the system. And the sympathetic nervous system speeds up the body. It's like the, the gas pedal in the body. So, so this primes the body to deal with things that are dangerous, right? the fight or flight reaction. Uh, so we might take a little bit of liberty with this verse from Genesis and, and say when this time when Adam heard God in the garden, uh, his sympathetic nervous system kicked in. Right? He experienced fear, fight or flight. God was now something dangerous. So how can we make a shift? That if, if we experience a sympathetic activation to God, if, if we experience this kind of fear in God's presence, uh, not, not a healthy fear. Right? There's a point in the scripture where it says that the, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Uh, but, but here that kind of fear might be translated also as awe. Right? It's a realization of God's bigness and our smallness, of his fatherhood and our childhood. Right, so so it's so it's a, a a filial respect kind of fear. It's not a fear like like he might kill me, <laughs> um, and that's the fear that Adam is experiencing here. So what we have to go through is a healing process, a healing process that one we can we can ask for that healing. We can just ask the Lord heal this point in my heart, right? Help me to experience your presence as love, your presence as peace, your presence as joy. Um, We can ask others to pray for us, ask others to pray over us. But oftentimes in this kind of healing process, it doesn't just happen instantaneously. Uh, Like the Lord might take chunks of territory in our heart when we pray or get prayed over, but then on the other hand, it isn't all shifted at once. So we have to build a capacity to know the truth. Right? The truth will set us free. So we have to build our capacity to know the truth. And this isn't just spiritually. Right? This isn't just on the level of concepts and knowledge. But it's also to know the truth in our body. That our, our body would react uh, in a way appropriate to the reality of the situation. So there's a physical knowing the truth, a physical reacting to things as they are, and also an intellectual knowing the truth, a learning the, the concepts of the faith. And then one of the tools, uh, just beyond an awareness of what's happening, is developing the capacity to find safety. To develop a capacity to find safety, we can train our body, we can repattern the body to experience comfort, to experience safety in the midst of things that we previously felt unsafe in. It begins with that question, where are you? Right? It, this is a simple noticing an, an awareness of what's happening, uh, an awareness of what, what you're thinking, what you're feeling, what's going on in your body, right? what's happening. Are, is your heart fast? Is it slow? How does your stomach feel? Do you feel bloated and full or do you feel comfortable? Uh, or how are you breathing? Maybe you're not even breathing. <laughs> Maybe you are breathing. 
how do your shoulders feel? Is there tension? Are they loose? Um, what does your body feel like doing? Does it feel like you're getting up and running around? Or, or does it feel like being small and crunched in? Are your feet jumping around? Or are they, are they steady? Right? All of these, these things happening in the body are clues to what's happening in your nervous system, in this fight-flight system. If your feet want to rattle back and forth, well, you might be in kind of a flight state. Right? If, if you're getting, if you're getting uh, angry and you, f- you feel kind of shaky or tense, you might be ready to fight. Um, maybe uh, one thing that can happen is you get into a, a shutdown place. Right? So you go from safe and secure to flight to fight, and then you can go down to shutdown. And in that shutdown place, that, that parasympathetic sur- uh, system is activated, that, that vagus nerve is toning. So the, the brake is on, but at the same time, it's not a safe space, so the gas pedal is also on. So to be in a shutdown place would be like if you're in a car, to slam on the brake and the gas pedal both at the same time. That's what's happening in your body. Uh, and, it, and it's terrible for your health. I am intimately aware, actually, of the shutdown space. I've I realized more and more that I've spent a massive amount of my life in shutdown, uh, so oftentimes I'll appear, appear on the surface to be very calm uh, and I'll appear uh, to be uh, kind of peaceful. But, but the truth is there's this internal just turmoil in me. Uh, and, and the surface looks good because I'm, I'm shut down, right? I'm playing dead, so to speak. Uh, but what's going on inside is this, this simultaneous acceleration and brake um, so in the midst of that, I realized that because I realized I was a lot of the times dissociated from my body. If you would have asked me that question, how does my body feel in God's presence? I would say something like, do I have a body? <laughs> right? I, my, my body doesn't feel anything in God's presence. I don't even feel my body being there. I was disconnected from it. I went through life kind of like a, like a separated mind, um, not even realizing I had feelings or sensations. So I've had to to build uh, an awareness of my body, an attunement of my body, almost from the ground up. Um, I didn't even, uh, on, on some level, know I had emotions other than like angry and happy. <laughs> um, so, so becoming aware of the full spectrum of emotions of my experience and then becoming attuned to, to my body from the tip of my toes all the way to the top of my head and all the sensations that, that go on in that. Um, from, from a spiritual perspective, um, we might uh, frame this in a, a traditional idea in the spiritual life called the healing of our faculties. In the last, last episode, I went through the, the functioning systems of the human person, from reason to will, the passions, a connection to others, psychologically, physically. So, so these you might think of as the faculties of the person. And, and when we grow in holiness, when the Lord heals us, he's healing our faculties. So one of these faculties is an awareness of what's happening in our body, an attunement to what's happening in our body. Right? We talked a couple episodes about Ignatius of Loyola's spirituality, and one of his great teachings is the discernment of spirits. If, if you read Ignatius's autobiography, again and again he's talking about how he feels, what's going on in his body, and, and he thinks it's absolutely essential to realize what you feel in order to realize what God is doing, and what the enemy is doing. And, and yet I spent so much of my life 
completely disconnected uh, from what was happening in my body. So first, a couple ideas of, um, of how to become aware, how to become attuned to what's happening in your body. Uh, so you can begin to a- answer that question, how does your body feel in God's presence? One can be a, a body scan exercise. So you literally start from your toes, your feet, up your ankles, and you go part by part through your body, just uh, realizing that that part of your body is you, right? placing yourself in that part of your body, placing your awareness there, and just simply trying to feel what's there, accepting what's there, uh, just being present to what that part of the body feels like. Um, you might have noticed I wear two rings. This ring on my right hand, uh, part of it's, it's like a fitness tracker, and part of how it functions is it tracks my heart rate variability. Um, so like I said, the autonomic nervous system is shifting the heart rate. And one of the things that goes along with strong vagal tone, being in a parasympathetic state, is, a, is actually a high degree of heart rate variabil- variability, the variability between your heart rates, where we're, when you're in a sympathetic state, when you're charged up, uh, the heart rate is actually very tight. Um, and so you have very low heart rate variability. Uh, so when I, when I meditate uh, and go through exercises like this, I'll, I'll track what's going on with my heart rate. In spending that time being aware in my body, my heart rate variability is higher than it is at any other time, even higher than when I'm sleeping. Um, because uh, that, that awareness of the okayness of the comfort throughout my body is, is, is like medicine for my nervous system. Right? I'm, I'm sending signals to my body that everything's okay, that I'm safe. Um, and so this is how we, over time, heal the nervous system. So you want to build that awareness, that muscle of attunement to realize what's happening in the body. Uh, and, and you can be creative, but, but what you're simply doing is calling to mind what's physically happening, what you're physically feeling, uh, and, and doing it uh, regularly enough uh, to build that muscle. And then you want to learn how to find safety. So learn how to find safety. Uh, there's a few different ways to do this. You might do it with your external senses, your, your sense of sight, hearing, taste, feeling, um, smelling. But uh, the easiest way to do it is probably with seeing. What you do is you, you look around the room and you find something that looks pleasant. Just whatever your eyes are drawn to, uh, whatever seems nice. A lot of times I want to look at plants, like out into nature if there's a window or maybe a, a potted plant in the room. And then you just simply spend some time breathing, breathing nice and easy, whatever feels comfortable, and looking at whatever looks nice. <laughs> and, and what that does is it sends signals uh, to your brain, to your body, that everything's okay. There's nothing to be afraid of. Uh, you know, Calm down. You're, you're safe here. You might also... Um, go through a process of that, what I described before, it might be called interoception. So you, you sense something outside of yourself, that's exteroception, or you might do interoception, meaning you notice somewhere in your body that feels good or okay. So uh, a lot of times for me, it's actually my, my, the top of my left arm. It, it doesn't necessarily feel anything great or good or special. It just feels okay. Um, so what I'll do is I'll take a moment and just notice my arm feeling okay. In, in that okayness, I'm, I'm communicating to my, my brain and the rest of my body that it's safe, that everything's okay. In, in spending that time with the body part that's okay, slowly 
once again, trains that nervous system uh, to be okay. Another thing you can do to tone that vagus nerve that, that runs uh, from your brain down to your guts is movement. Uh, so any movement that twists the torso gently or the neck can actually help to tone that vagus nerve and feel safe. So you might just take a nice breath, put your head to one side to where it's comfortable, take another breath, switch sides, take another breath, and then look down and take another breath. Simple exercises like that, maybe reaching up high and, and bending from one side to another, taking some nice deep breaths. And this can, and can tone that vagus nerve and help you to feel safe. And another thing I would propose is, is being just with meaningful people. right? Our, our, our nervous system is communicating something to the people around us, whether it be through nonverbal communication. Uh, but everyone that you experience, your nervous system is experiencing their nervous system. Uh, we call this process of finding safety or danger in our environment neuroception. And, and in the brain, there are mere neurons that literally react to the neurological state of the people you're experiencing. So being around safe people, people who are in a state of safety, who have their, their a strong vagal tone, who are in their parasympathetic nervous system, being in the presence of those people are also calming for you. Your nervous system can calm down. So spending time with people you love and trust, feel safe around, can also tone that vagal nerve and help you to find safety. All right, so let's review what we do to develop that sense of safety. One, pray for healing. Turn to the Lord. He, he will heal you. It, it might not heal every element of, of your nervous system, but the Lord wants to heal us. The Lord wants to heal us. But the Lord also wants to come alongside our will with his grace and empower us uh, to do things to, to bring ourselves into greater order too. Um, so build that capacity, that attunement muscle, of being able to know what's happening in your body and then find ways that, that work for you to find safety, whether it be some kind of extraception, finding something pleasant in the environment to rest on, interoception, finding a place of safety in your own body and spending time there. It could be with movement. It could be in relationships. In later episode, I'm going to talk some more about meditation and using your imagination to find safety uh, when we talk about memory in a couple episodes. But in all these ways, we can, we can help the body to experience safety, tone that vagus nerve, and then I would propose once we've built those tools, the tool of, of knowing what's happening, and then finding safety in the midst of that, if we do notice some kind of fear reaction or an inability to find God, we can then call to mind God's presence. Right? There's, a, there's a, a deep tradition, especially in Carmelite spirituality, called The Practice of the Presence of God. There's a beautiful little book uh, attributed to the, the teachings of a brother Lawrence called The Practice of the Presence of God. And he summarizes the spiritual life as a, a simple practicing the presence of God, just calling to mind that God is there. Um, but I, I know for me, I've never been capable of just forcing myself to do that. Um, but it's the truth. God is always there. So if I'm calling to mind God's presence, I'm not making up a fairy tale. I'm simply realizing what's actually true, what's actually the case. God is actually there. Uh, and so I am becoming more in touch with reality. I'm coming to know the truth of things as they are. So that practice of the presence of God, and, and this is so essential throughout the day. This is from a book called Conversation 
with Christ. He says, He prays very poorly who prays only when he is on his knees. For the degree of contact with Christ during meditation or during a set prayer time is proportionate to the amount of contact we maintain with him throughout the day. So the the amount we're able to connect to realize God's presence during prayer is proportionate to the amount that we're in contact with, with God throughout everything else. And this is one point that Brother Lawrence emphasizes is that uh, he didn't see a distinction between his set prayer times and everything else he did. He simply practiced God's presence all the time, all the time. Uh, but but foundational to, to being able to do this, right, if the Lord invites you through a gra- to a gradual healing process, to a gradual healing of your faculties, is, is that awareness of what's happening in your body, right, being able to know when you are afraid and what that feels like, and then having tools to find safety in the midst of that. And then what you do is you, you titrate into the difficult experience. You, you sort of take it one bite at a time, one little piece, one little part at a time, right? So you might call to mind something that you found difficult or fearful, uh, maybe a scripture passage you find difficult or an experience of God you find difficult. Realize what's happening in your body and then uh, bring about safety by using those tools, Right? So, so you start to re-pattern the associations in your body uh, with the reality of the situation, that God is trustworthy, that God is love. Um, and and if, especially if you've experienced trauma or, or have some kind of stronger emotional reaction or something like that, it can be really helpful to do this with someone else, whether it be in the context uh, of a good, trusting, uh, trustworthy counselor or mental health professional or with, with your spouse or a good friend that you feel safe with. All right, let's come back to our fundamental question. When, when you're in God's presence, what do you feel in your body? I hope you begin the journey, uh, like I've been on, uh, of, of realizing what's happening in your body, of feeling what's happening in your body, and that you love yourself enough uh, to, to find out how to feel safe, uh, to figure out what tools will work for you to find safety. We're going to talk more about this in later episodes, and, and you might want to go back to episode 12, to learn more about the autonomic nervous system. Um, But I want to repeat the Lord's words again and again in the scripture. Do not be afraid. Uh, Your father loves you. And and as another point in the scripture says that that God is for your welfare and not for your woe. So with that, I want to remind you about our show notes uh, and about my website, becominggift.com, if you want to go deeper on any of these topics or want some help applying them in your life. This show and all media on Awaken Catholic is made possible by the Awaken Nation and the Hollow app. The Awaken Nation is a community of people like you who support all things Awaken for as cheap as a cup of coffee a week and get access to exclusive content. Learn more by visiting awakencatholic.org donate. Hollow is the only audio-guided Catholic prayer app focused on contemplative prayer and traditional Catholic meditation such as Lexio Divina, Daily Examine, and the Rosary. We here at Awaken all use Hollow every day and love it. To learn more or give it a try, visit hollow.app/awaken.